Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. So Genesis chapter 3, just have that open. You know, it's hard to believe it's been almost 13 and a half years since I came here to Messiah. And uh, as I was reflecting on this a little bit this week, uh, I remember the day, it was in August, it was the day that I was being installed, and I remember walking in and on all the TV screens, here was, you know, a picture of our family, you know, installation, Ed Dorner, and uh, when you walk in church, it was on these screens. And, and I had kind of a funny experience happen. I mean, it was actually right outside those doors. Uh, I was just standing by the door greeting people, and somebody came up and shook his hand, and I said, my name's Ed, and he told me his name. I don't want to embarrass the person. And he, and he told me his name, and he said, Ed. He goes, what's your last name? I said, Dorner. He goes, sounds familiar. <laughs> Have we met before? I said, no, I'm pretty sure of it. We haven't met before. Ed Dorner, he goes, I know that name. And I wasn't very nice. I didn't say anything. I just was quiet, and he goes, I know we've met before. I know you. And I said, well, I, I don't know. And I said, well, look, it's really nice to meet you. And we shook his hand and walked in, and here he saw the screens. And he just had this look on his face like, oh, no, I think I just embarrassed myself. But it was one of those times that I could be incognito. And we're going to talk about an event the greatest event. There's only three of them. Three of the greatest events, not of the year, the decade, the century, the millennium. I mean, from start to finish, from since the creation of the world until Jesus comes back again, there's only three primary events. There's the birth of Jesus. There's the resurrection of Jesus. And there's the return of Jesus. And we're going to look a little bit more deeply today at the first event, which is the most important of all of them. It was the first of the three events that you would think if it's an event of the, of the, of the world, of all of time that we know it, that there would be something a little bit bigger or a little bit bigger fanfare. I mean, would you think about your life for just a moment? What's the greatest event that's happened in your life to this point? Would you think about that for a moment? Is it a graduation? Or maybe if you're younger, it's a, it's a first communion or graduation. Is it landing that first job? Is it engagement? Is it your wedding? Retirement? I mean, what is that great event in your life that you can look back and say, that was the greatest event of my life? I mean, it's really funny when you look at social media because it seems like we're only experiencing 1% of, you know, the greatness of everybody's life is like, that's what's on social media, not the other 99%. It's the 1% that are like, oh, this is so amazing, this is my life, you know? And I think, I don't know about you, I don't particularly enjoy a whole lot. I feel like after I watch social media, I feel depressed. I feel like I'm missing out on life. But our events that happen in our life, 
let's say your wedding, let's just say that was the great event. We went to a wedding a few weeks ago. Invitations went out. Social media, I mean, it was everywhere. Everybody got ready for it, you know, dressed up. You know, when there's rehearsals, there's the fanfare, there's, there's everything that goes along with it. I mean, that's, it was amazing. It was awesome. That's not God's style. God has a very different style. And it's not to say what we're doing is not right. It's wonderful what we do. It's wonderful. But God's different. Our story really begins in Genesis 3. Now, you might recall, this is right after Adam and Eve ate the fruit that God said they shouldn't eat from, that tree. And then they hide from God. God comes in the garden. God's now talking to Adam and Eve and the serpent, who is Satan. And here's what God says. I want you to find Genesis 3, find verse 13. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between, here's what I want you to see, your offspring and hers. He, this is in reference to Jesus, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. As soon as sin happened, God forecasted years and years and years ahead and said, here's what's going to happen. You're going to strike his the seed of Eve, meaning her descendant. You're going to strike his heel, and that's going to happen when you get him crucified on a cross and he dies. That's when Satan will strike his heel. But as soon as Jesus rises from the dead, second great event, he will crush your head. And that was what God initially said. All right, this is coming. And then we hear from the prophets a little bit talking about what happened. So God said, this is on the horizon. Okay, I'm going to read for you one more verse, but I want you to start turning to 1 Kings, 1 Kings 19. But I'm going to read to you from Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Listen to what God said. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So I want you to see that what started in Genesis 3, like, like this is going to happen, this event, then Galatians says, all right, when the set time, that means God had a predetermined time that he was going to send Jesus into the world. Remember, Jesus is God. So this is the set time he's going to send him into this world. Then God did it. He sent his son. Now, in John chapter 1, I'm just going to read this for you as well. It says that in the beginning was the Word, meaning the Word of God, Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then it goes down a little bit further. 
further, it says the word became flesh. So I hope there's not a doubt in anybody's mind that God came down to this earth and you would think that would have been a really big deal. That's usually not how God operates. So 1 Kings 19, we're learning a little bit about God before we get to the Christmas story. Now, 1 Kings 19, why would I turn there? Because Elijah was a prophet of God, had this amazing miracle of God the day before. Then a king or a queen threatened his life, and he ran, and he ran to God. And when he he finally went to a cave where he was about to meet God, I want you to see this story. It's 1 Kings 19. It's actually the second half of verse 9. That's where we're starting. There he, Elijah, went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on a mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Here's what I want you to see. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Here's what I want you to start setting the stage. You want to know about God? God doesn't scream at us. When God wants to get our attention, he does it in a whisper. He does it quietly. He doesn't chase after us and send a tornado and say, are you listening? I'm sending a tornado like what just happened in Kentucky. Lord wasn't in the tornado, wasn't in this. When God gets our attention, oftentimes it's something very quiet. So now turn to Luke 2, because Luke 2 is our story. What I want you to appreciate in Luke chapter 2 is the incredible simplicity. This was the first greatest event of God coming into our world in order to save us. And when we read this, you would almost go, uh, it doesn't seem to fit, but it fits God. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This is the first sentence census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, here it is, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son, She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger 
because there was no guest room available for them. Or as you may know it, there was no room in the inn. I don't know about you, but that's, that's it? That was the greatest event of all time? That, that was it. It almost seems like there's something missing. Like, this has to be a bigger event. Because if God is going to come into our broken world to save sinners like us, who are just messed up, Where's the fanfare? Where's the parade? Where's the trumpets blowing? Where's the angels? Where is it all? That's not God's style. What's God's style? He kind of slipped right in. There wasn't even a place for him in someone's home. Maybe that was by design. That God did it where it was nobody's home. Just home with the animals. And here's this young girl, gives birth. Who knows it? Nobody. Think anybody in the town cared about this young girl who just gave birth to a baby? Nope. Imagine if you were in heaven. As soon as Jesus cried. Can you picture it? Heaven erupted. Heaven must have gone absolutely wild when they heard the baby Jesus cry. Because everybody who was in heaven before Jesus, because they were, were there because they knew what Jesus was going to do. So imagine being in heaven and you're like, we're here because of what he's about to go do. He's about to be born. Then he's going to be crucified. Then he's going to rise. And we're in heaven because of what he's about to do. And all of a sudden, he cries with Mary and Joseph and heaven erupts. They're so unbelievably excited. I hope God took a video. Because I think someday we're going to be, I want to see that video when Jesus took his first breath, the greatest event of all time. He takes his first breath. I want to see what heaven did. I don't think they were like, oh, he just took his first breath. I'm sure they were going wild because everybody in heaven knows our salvation began right there. And what are we told? While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. I don't know if you've seen any of the chosen, but I want to show you their Christmas story. Elizabeth actually told me it's good to walk and move when I feel up. You won't have any water until I get you to town. 
You need your rest. I, uh, let me get you more comfortable. Huh? Joseph, you don't have to be the only one walking. Plus, we're far enough away from Nazareth. Don't have to hide my condition anymore. Mary, this blanket is stuck. There is no way that you are comfortable. Joseph, I'd like to walk with you. Please. Oh, this all seems impossible, huh? Yes. Yes. But remember what the messenger said to me? Mm -hmm. Nothing is impossible with God. My messenger didn't say that. That would have been nice, huh? Feeling better? A bit, yes. Okay. 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 Oh. Oh. Need to move quicker. You need water, and I plan to get settled for the part where your messenger and my messenger said the same thing. And she will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Yes, that part. Come on. I need to get you to the end, Mary. You need your rest. Maybe I can find the wells you can drink, and I'll take you straight to the end. simplicity, Mary and Joseph going into Bethlehem, no room. But this was God's word to Joseph. This is in Matthew 1. It was from last week, but I want to reread it. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What does it take for God to get your attention? You know, we're seeking God. As a follower of Jesus, we're seeking out to God, but you know, it's interesting when you seek God. There's no billboards. Nothing flashy. There is no proverbial two-by-four. God doesn't whack us. He doesn't have to hurt us. No tornadoes. No hurricanes. I think sometimes we're looking for God in all the wrong places. You know where we can really find God? 
in the whisper, the quiet voice, you and God sitting quietly together. Listen, God will speak. It's the small gesture. Sometimes you might, you might even be somewhere today and find somebody who maybe needs something. Little do you know, it's an angel and giving you the chance to just do something nice for them because God says when you do something nice for someone, you're doing it for me. That's what Jesus said. See, sometimes we look in all the wrong places because we look in all the big places. Like we want, we want God to just show us He's usually pretty quiet. He will. Could be that stranger needing help. It could be a moment with a child. That whisper, a nudge, a hunch, a quiet heart. Or that quiet voice that God says, I'm with you. Remember Emmanuel? That's what he said to Joseph. They will call him Emmanuel, which means... God with us. It's that quiet voice of God that says, you're not alone. I'm right here. When you're anxious and God says, I'm here, it's going to be okay. It's that small voice that when you're struggling with your sin, God says, I forgive you. That's why Jesus came. Understand The reason why he was born, died, rose, and coming again was to say, you're forgiven. That was the whole reason. And don't ever doubt that. Don't ever think, well, you couldn't forgive me. That's why he came. To say he loves you. To say he forgives you. You're not alone. We'll get through this together. You're going to be okay. Why? Because I'm with you. The greatest events of God in your life, oftentimes, are the quietest moments. Watch for those. This Christmas, don't look for the big thing, watch for the whisper. With your family, maybe at some point, just be quiet for a moment and watch and listen. When you take time for God and you open up the Bible, listen, God's speaking. When you're stirring in your heart, listen, God's maybe speaking. And listen, because God's whole style is to do things quietly So listen this Christmas. God is speaking loud and clear, but very quietly. Let's pray. Lord, as we get ready to celebrate your birthday once again, sometimes we're so busy shopping, wrapping, trees, family, organizing meals, everything that we're doing. We don't want to lose you, God, in the process of forgetting what Christmas is about. 
It's a simple story of a baby that was born. God with us. Emmanuel. Jesus, the Savior. You came into our world to save us. And it doesn't matter what we've done, you forgive us. It doesn't matter how much we strayed, you welcome us back. It doesn't matter how bad we've lived our life, you love us more than we could ever imagine. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us as much as you do. Help us, help us this Christmas to be quiet and listen and listen to the whisper of your spirit that assures us that we're loved, we're forgiven, we have a place in heaven, and that you love us dearly. That's the best gift we could ever receive this Christmas. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.